Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash keto. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. And once again, I'm excited to have you with us today as we talk to another guy who has gone through a journey. And we're going to talk about it today. And his name is Greg Galley. And Greg, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, we've just recently connected on Instagram, so I'm excited to kind of dive into your story and hear more about it. So I will ask you that first question I throw at every guest, and that is, men, tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? What qualifies me? Basically, you know, growing up, you know, I was very into sports growing up, and I played all the sports and whatnot in high school and that was when I was still living at my parents' house. You know how that goes. And basically, the sports stopped. And I finally moved out on my own. And, you know, my parents were very always kind of strict on, like, my eating. And especially being in sports and whatnot. I was exercising and whatnot. So I, I, I moved out. I, I wasn't playing sports anymore. I was on my own. I was just working. And... You know, I was finally, you know, I paid for my own stuff and I paid for my own food. And basically that was my downfall. It's at that point, I was kind of just like let loose at that point. I, I ate anything I wanted. I wasn't getting the exercise I needed. And that was pretty much the beginning of the downfall right there, you know? Yeah, which then took you... Where, let, let's get into like where where eventually did it because it, it's I think your story then it's a little bit different than some of the guys I've had on who talk about kind of growing up overweight like were you, when you talk about kind of your parents watching things like had they seen signs that you were putting on weight when you were a kid or was it more like really just more that whole idea that the control was there that whole time? No, they, I mean they definitely saw signs. Um, whether it was what I thought of or what they thought of. Um, my way of thinking was I was a very, you know, in my teenage years, I was a very rebellious kid. So the fact that they told me, no, I can't eat that. No, I can't eat that. You know, that made me want to do it even more. And you know what? Growing up, like I always felt that I was just never satisfied. I was always hungry also. You know, it, it's... It was those kind of two things that was kind of the downfall of the whole weight ordeal. Um, so basically, growing up, like, yeah, I would always eat until I was satisfied, and that would be, like, way too much. And so basically, I did that, and when I was finally on my own, I kind of just did did my own thing. I bought and ate whatever I wanted to, and the quantity that I wanted to. So, at that point, it was just way too much, and it just kept getting more and more and more 
and then you know one day it's you know you never see it as you know your own person as you never see it when you're doing it because you're not you're living through it you're not seeing yourself you're seeing yourself day by day not like other people where they see you maybe week at a week at a time month at a time so it's a lot harder to understand where you're going to and the basically the pit that you're falling into and next thing i knew i was 400 pounds and you know i was still you know my denial with that was that i was still working a manual labor job i was still you know i was still doing everything i could do before but i i definitely understood that it was a lot harder to do those things but i was still in denial because i was still able to do it and as your weight grew during that time like you said like there there you're not conscious of it but you have to know you know we we kind of have that sense of when we go from like the 200s to the 300s and start to see that change happening because at the very least your clothes are changing where was your consciousness you know what was what was it like for you inside your head then like was it just more this was the life you were living or was it more i'll do something about it eventually like where what was your mindset like this was kind of like you know i was just kind of living with it and you know, it was, I didn't want to believe that I was gaining the weight, but yes, the, you know, the clothes sizes were going up there and I kind of just was thinking, you know, it is what it is because, you know, I feel like body dysmorphia works in two different types of ways. So in that case, it was the very, I mean, they're both bad, but in that case, yes, I saw the clothes sizes going up, but when I looked at myself in the mirror, I still didn't see a difference. So that was one half of the body dysmorphia, it's very different than the body dysmorphia I'm dealing with now. So it's kind of, you know, it's definitely a big mind game in that aspect. What was then, What like, what brought you to the realization that you needed to do something then? Like, was it seeing 400 on the scale? Was it something happened in your life? Like, or was it just a lot of things adding up? So it was, I remember this, this, oh man, I remember this moment to a T. I was in, it was New Jersey. I was in Seaside, right on the boardwalk. And there was one ride that I always loved to ride. And I, I can't even explain it, but it was, it was kind of like a roller coaster seat that you have to sit in. And basically I didn't fit in the seat. The, the lap bar was going, went down. It didn't lock. It took two people to even try to lock the lap bar, and I just, I didn't fit, and the lap bar didn't go down. And it was that, that point right then and there where me, personally, I love amusement parks. I love roller coasters and, and everything like that. So that being that I couldn't go on the ride, that kind of gave me the, the insight of saying, like, you need to change. You need to do something about this. And what entered your head then? Like, did you have a plan in place? Had you been thinking about, like, anything? Like, because I think that's a common thing, like, that, you know, guys go through or, you know, women too as well. Like, that amusement park experience. Like, there's something really, it's like everything is there right in your face in that moment. Like, where so where did that, where did that I, lead you to? 
that led me, um, you know, I had one, one buddy that I was working with at the time and we kind of did it together at first. We lost, we lost a bunch of weight at, at that point. We lost a bunch of weight. I think I got down to about 300 from the 400 mark and, you know, I was feeling good about myself and, and whatnot, but I still didn't go on any rides because I was very self-conscious about it. Like I didn't want that, you know, I didn't want that instance to happen again um so basically i kept going with it i i lost i lost that hundred pounds at first and that was natural at that point and you know i started introducing cheat days and more and more cheat days came up and and unfortunately i i ended up going back up to 400 pounds and so basically at that point i finally came to the realization where you know I didn't have a problem with eating healthy. It was the fact that I never felt satisfied. I never felt not hungry. I was always hungry. So that's definitely one of the points in time where I felt that, you know, maybe I should start looking into bariatric surgery. And because that's basically they're doing, they're taking that one factor out of the whole weight loss process. They're taking the hunger factor out. And that, to me, I felt like that was the only factor that was keeping me back from the weight loss. Which makes, that makes a lot of sense, man. Like, so you I, I'm curious, like, because I think this is something a lot of people go through, that losing the weight, feeling like you're getting to that place. And then next thing you know, you're kind of sliding back in. And before you know it, you're back to where you started from. You know, what was going through your head during that time? Like, did you, was it? From your perspective, was it like an out of control roller coaster car for lack of a better metaphor, or was it more you you could see it happening and just that satiation was such an issue that you just felt like there was nothing you could do? You know what? It was more of I finally got down to a lower weight and I've been so strict to myself for the longest time where, you know, I see I see online, I see I feel like social media and stuff, like people that, you know, that are bodybuilders and whatnot. I've been looking at them and everyone says like, you know, have a cheat day or not, you know, every now and then. So I see that and I'm thinking, okay, let me, let me, you know, let me have myself a cheat day. But then that cheat day started adding up into, you know, a cheat week or I'll start next week, you know, I'll start back up next week and that's kind of like what my downfall was at first. Well, it's, it's easy to play those games on yourself, like to, to get fall into those. Mind oh, games. without a doubt. Yup. It's a big mind game. Of course. You know, and, and cause you're getting something out of, you know, whether it's satisfaction or, you know, the, the, the dopamine hit from the food, like you're getting something out of it. And so then it's like, well, one becomes two, two becomes three. And then you, like you were saying, you start into that pattern of, well, I'll get to this eventually. And the eventually never comes. Yes, exactly. So there was basically a big, you know, another realization where, you know, if I can feel satisfied with food, you know, every now and then, like, that's, like, I definitely, with having the bariatric surgery, it took the hunger factor out. But, you know, I still, you know, mentally, I still have, you know, I want to have a cheat day. I want to have this, you know, every now and then. Like, me personally, I like to try new things, like, with food. So, like, 
even if it comes to fast food, if they have a new thing that came out, yeah, I'll try it, but I never make it a cheat day. I always make it a cheat meal. So I make it a point to, you know, if I know that I'm going to try this one thing for a lunchtime, I'll make my breakfast and dinner a very strict low calorie meal. And let's let's go back to be you know kind of figuring out bariatric surgery. Like how did that come into the picture for you? Like was it something you had seen other people have or was it you just you did research and you knew that that idea of physically taking the hunger away just was the, the going to be the key for you? Like how how did that come about? So basically I I had uh the friend group that I was in um at the time uh, a couple of people had bariatric surgery already and you know they were telling me all about it and they were you know they told me oh yeah they shrink your stomach and you can eat whatever you want blah 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 but you know at that point I was also thinking about it and I already lost at that time that was when I already lost the 100 pounds so I'm thinking to myself no like I don't think you can really eat what you want I'm, I'm pretty sure you still need to stick to a diet and whatnot because I know personally like I already lost 100 pounds so I know your body eventually adapts to what you're eating so if you even if you're eating a lot less you know you still your body eventually adapts to what you're eating and the calorie intake it it adapts and basically it doesn't work in your favor anymore so I had, like I was saying, I had a couple of people that had bariatric surgery that got me into the idea of it. And I finally, um, like my parents, my mother was not for it whatsoever. And not for it whatsoever, but my, my father would basically, he was a little more open-minded about it. And he said, you know what, listen, if you think this is really something that can benefit you, I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to say I'm against it, but I'm going to say, let's at least go for a consultation. Let's get more information about it. In what, what surgery did you end up really, like, did you look at all of them or did you know what you wanted to do? Like, I, I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about is that there are different options and what they mean. So like, how did you determine what surgery was right for you? So I had the gastric sleeve surgery. Um, there was the three options. There was the lap band, the sleeve, and the, uh, the gastric bypass. And I did a lot of research, a lot of research. And the lap band was pretty much out from the beginning because it just limits how much you can intake. It doesn't really make you feel full. You just have to eat a lot slower for it. Um, so that was pretty much out from the, from the get-go. Um, the bypass, I originally wanted the bypass because, you know, my way of thinking was your stomach is that much smaller doing the bypass. But I also read up, I did a lot of information on it. A lot of people have complications with it. Um, so basically I wanted the surgery that was going to help me, but with the least amount of complications. And turns out, you know, I had the sleeve and I had 
zero complications whatsoever thank like thankfully a lot of people have complications still but you know i was very very uh grateful and very um lucky to have no complications to to the point where i literally just have a smaller stomach and i have no you know uh reflux i have you know nothing in that in that area of things so i'm i'm i definitely got to say i'm very lucky in that uh in that aspect and when did you have the surgery like take us into kind of timelining a little bit of this i had it october 25th 2018 and where were where were you at weight what like did you have to lose weight before like what what was getting ready for so that so at that point you? Yeah, I at that point when I went in for the first consultation, I was 400 pounds, and they basically told me, um, well, it wasn't really the doctor's office, it was the insurance company to actually say that we want you to lose 30 pounds just to make your, just to make sure that you're, you know, serious about this, because it, it's a serious procedure, so I had to lose 30 pounds before I can even get accepted into getting the surgery. And I mean, even with that acceptance, I had to go through a numerous, you know, numerous amount of clearances through a heart doctor, a lung doctor. I had to go to, I had to see a, um, a therapist, uh, a therapist, kind of like a, a shrink maybe just to make sure my, my mindset was right for this, for this, uh, life changing experience, you know? Oh Yeah. Well, it's not – I think some people think you can just walk into the doctor's office and say, I would like to have bariatric surgery done. And they say, well, okay, let's get you on the books. No, it's it's definitely way more than that, 100%. It's, it's half of it – half of it's the, the mind game. You know, you have to get be in the right mindset because it is a lifestyle change. A lot of people think that it's just um, – you know, that's going to lose the weight for you. No, not at all. It's it's something that's going to help you. That's why, like, when people say, like, oh, how did you lose the weight? I always, like, I don't, I don't leave out that I had the surgery, but I always say it last. So what I do is I'll be like, oh, it's, you know, eating right, eating healthy, exercising, lifting weights, working out. But I also had the help from gastric sleeve surgery. Mm-hmm. And, and what were the immediate changes after the surgery like what is it what are the the changes that happen in your life right away after that the so the changes um right away i've noticed i've noticed especially like i stopped eating out a lot um that was the biggest thing because basically what you can order I've noticed, like, it's it's almost kind of funny where, like, my biggest thing was I always ordered Domino's pizza. And when I was bigger, it was always Domino's. Like, I'd get, you know, pizza, some wings, cheesy bread, whatever. But even the smallest thing on their menu, I knew I couldn't finish. And none of that stuff is good left over. <laughs> so it was almost, it was almost like... I'm not going to order this because it's almost a waste of money on my part because I'm not going to eat the leftovers because they're not even good anymore. 
and you know i it was it was almost like that and you know i noticed as i was losing weight i got more and more attention from you know females alone which kind of helped you know it it helped the self confidence and you know when the self confidence gets boosted that's what kind of drives you to go further and it motivates you more and you know and i've noticed also like with the whole journey alone i've gotten people that i never thought like i would ever in my lifetime coming to me and saying like you really motivated me to start doing this even like even it doesn't even have to be with weight loss i mean my positive attitude with everything kind of just i've had someone come to so we had a quick tech issue, but Greg is back, and he was talking about the influence that his experience, you know, started to sh- started to kind of lead into with other people. Yeah, even uh, you know this whole weight loss journey. Um, you know, I always look to help other people because you know I had so many people help me through my journey, and you know we all want each other to be successful. So it comes to, you know, it, I even like on almost on a daily, like I'll post just positive vibes on like my Instagram and stuff like that really makes a difference for people. It's the little things that you see at a, at a nowhere that really give people the uplifting that they need. So to the point where, it didn't, it doesn't even have to be a weight loss. I mean, I've had someone come to me saying, you know, all my positive vibes that I brought out, it's, it gave them the, the willpower and whatnot to leave a job that they were at to start a new one, even in a, in a different state. So I've gotten definitely a lot of good feedback with, uh, you know, all the positive, all the positive vibes and, and positive stuff that you can bring to the table and put out to the public because you know even with this weight loss journey my energy has gone up and you know all I want to do is help other people reach the kind of success and whatnot that I have been reaching and, and fulfilling so it, it's just it's just a good you know it's a good mm-hmm. feeling overall it's myself You know, I feel good myself, but I'm also helping other people reach the feeling that I'm also feeling, you know? And that's that's a great positive effect. Like, I'm wondering, like, what were, on the other side of that, what were the real challenges for you as you started to really get into it? You know, post-surgery, you know, you've you've had this experience where, you know, things are physically different for you like what were the biggest challenges like uh whether it was mental or 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 physical as you did you know kind of get going on on this weight loss so definitely the the challenges were uh i'll start off with the mental side where i mean i still deal with it to this day the the body dysmorphia you know you it depends on the person but i mean me personally I can look at myself in the mirror, I see a brand new guy, but if I just look down and look at my body just looking down, I still see the 400-pound guy that I used to be. 
you know, it's, it's a big mental issue, a big mental stress on my, on myself. Um, that's kind of why also I always post, you know, before and afters and people always, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten messages and, and whatnot being like, oh, that I'm, I've actually gotten hate mail saying I'm very full of myself and whatnot, but I do it, you know, I do it, you know, I don't do it for the attention. I do it for myself. It makes me feel better. It makes me stay on my drive. It stay, keeps me motivated. And I've noticed if I stay motivated and it keeps other people motivated, but, but on the physical aspect, um, the challenges, uh, I don't know one big challenge was, you know, the clothing, Jeez, the amount of clothing that I went through. Thankfully enough, I have two older brothers that that were smaller than me, so I definitely got a lot of hand-me-downs from them. Um, there was that. There was especially clothing-wise that I didn't even think of. My my hat size went down. My shoe size went down. My 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 watch size went down. You know, <laughs> just the little stuff like that you you wouldn't even think of. It, when it comes to like eating, did you, because that idea of being satisfied and feeling full and, and that being a challenge to you when you were, you know, trying to lose weight on your own, did you get the result that you wanted? Like, what was that like? Did, were you satisfied with how you were feeling? Like, I'm just curious, knowing that that was a big thing for you, you know, what was that like post-surgery? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I, after that, it's that it pretty much took that whole feeling of never being satisfied and never being um, full. It took that out of the equation. So that's kind of how I knew the surgery was going to work for me. I kind of had that mindset already because without the surgery, like I did go through the weight loss process already. So I knew that that was kind of my downfall. So if I took that factor out of it, I knew it was definitely going to help me and which it definitely, you know, it definitely did. Yes. I still have, you know, my cheap meals and whatnot, but I notice also like, even if I'll go out, um, to a restaurant and even if I don't get the most healthy thing, I'm still eating like half of that meal. But it's funny though, because my, from lifting weights and going to the gym, my metabolism is so much quicker now that I metabolize all that food so much quicker and I'll still eat, you know, I still eat a good amount, but it's definitely a lot slower, a lot, you know, more, it's prolonged during the day, you know, like my, yeah, like my family always say, like, always says that, you know, they eat so much more than me, like even my mother, like she jokes around like, oh, you eat, you know, I eat so much more than you, blah, 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 I'm like, you know what, if you really think about it, you really only eat more than me in one sitting, not during the day, because like I need for the, you know, for the lifting weights wise and like getting, you know, building muscle and stuff like I need the calories, I need the protein. So I'm constantly eating, but in one sitting, it's still, you know, very minimal because of the surgery. And that's definitely one, that's another, that's another challenge actually that I'm, I've, I've been dealing with was eating, eating enough now to build the muscle that I want to build. And let's, let, let's start to get into that, like kind of what you're doing now, because 
let people know what happened, you know, where you what's happened to your weight since you had the surgery. You know, you, you went into for that consultation at 400 pounds. Where are you at now? Like what, where, where we were two and a half years out from the surgery. So where, where are you sitting at now? So basically my weight fluctuated a lot. It, um, I went down, I got down to like, I started at 400 pounds, but I got down to about 220, you know, 210. And even my family and some of my friends were saying like, all right, like stop losing weight. Like you look fine, blah, blah, blah. But me, you know, with the body dysmorphia, I always kept thinking I was still too heavy. So I kept wanting to lose. At that point, I kind of, I kind of stalled out like big time. But unfortunately, I ended up getting a very bad throat infection when I was 210. And I couldn't eat an absolute thing. Couldn't do it. Um, in about a week, week and a half, I dropped down to 190 pounds. And boy, like, if I, I couldn't even believe it. I look like pretty much a skeleton with skin. Um, I look back on pictures now and I just see myself. I look absolutely horrible at that weight. And at that time, I thought I looked great. You know, I see a bunch of definition and whatnot, but like it wasn't good definition because I didn't build muscle at that time yet. I wasn't lifting weights like I am now. Um, so ever since then, I finally came to the realization that, you know, I kind of look like crap at that point. And I started putting a little more weight on. I looked a little, you know, I looked healthy. That's what it came down to. I looked healthy. I still liked what I looked like. And so right now I'm pretty much maintaining and I'm putting on muscle, but I'm, I'm hovering around 240 pounds right now. But the way, you know, at this point, when you maintain, you can't think about the scale. The scale is your enemy at this point because you got down to your goal weight and you want to maintain and whatnot. And, you know, if you're looking at the scale, 190 pounds, 240 pounds, you know, that's a 50 pound difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. But the way you got to think of it, and the, this is the way that I thought about it, at 190 pounds, I was a size 34 waist. I'm 240 as of this morning, I'm still at a 34 waist. So the weight is going somewhere and the weight must be, you know, going into the good spots, like the muscle wise, you know? So especially that the weight, the waist hasn't changed. And that's kind of like what you have to think about at this point. It's the scale is, I, you know what? I wouldn't say the scale is your enemy, but it definitely doesn't, it doesn't indicate what you are and what you're working on accurately. Yeah, I think it like everything, it's a tool. You know, it's a tool yes. that has it has a time to be used and it has a time to say I don't I don't need to worry about that information right now. Like I I have other things that are kind of bigger priorities and I'm I think one of the things that you you've started, you know, you've been talking about that I, I think it's important for people to understand is is the impact of that body dysmorphia. You know, I think it's something that a lot of guys struggle with. You know, and a lot of women do too, for sure. Like I'm not, you know, but you and I are two guys talking about this. Like, uh, you know, so we're talking from that perspective. What do you think are the, are the biggest challenges for you, you know, when it comes to that idea of looking at yourself? Like how do you work through those times when you when you look at yourself and you still see the before Greg? Like how do you actually get yourself through those moments? 
so the biggest thing um when i'm definitely feeling down on myself with that um you know it's the before and after pictures that's what really that's what really does it for me you know i'll not even taking the pictures but like i'll look at myself in the mirror with one of my before pictures on my phone and i'll look back and forth a lot and be like okay like i kind of see it here i kind of see it there that's what definitely really helps me because you know it's you know if you look down on yourself and you still see the big you you know if you're at the beach you don't want to take your shirt off you don't want to you know show off what you've worked on because to you you still see the old you so i kind of i kind of have to overcome it that way it's where I've I've even noticed the last time I went to the beach, I, I stayed at a, a beach house and before we even went to the beach, I sat there and I looked at myself in the mirror with one of my before pictures on my phone just to try to convince myself that I wasn't the person, that I'm not the person that I was before and I am what I am now to really kind of feel more comfortable on the beach. And it sounds like, cause like when we even go back to the story of, of the amusement park ride, you know, that it is these, these physical representations that help you through those mental periods. Like, I think that's, you know, there's some people that would say, you know, it's, I have to kind of talk through this and I have to have someone talk me through it, you know, and it, it, having that visual representation for yourself is it, it's reality, you know, like it's, it's sometimes it's like putting that stark reality in front of yourself and saying, look, you're not this as much as you feel like this person, you're not that person. And we got to kind of get those two pieces to come together. Exactly. That's pretty much my my pep talk <laughs> before I go out and, and do that, those sort of kind of activities. And what are the what you know, you talked about, you know, lifting and I know that's a it's even a part of your your Instagram handle. Like what? What role does does that play in your life right now? Oh man, it's it's that's the main part of my life right now. It's I, you know, especially losing weight and, you know, starting to go to the gym and whatnot. I never thought like I always hated waking up early. Absolutely hated it. Despised it. I never woke up earlier than I ever had to. So lifting has been such a a part of my life that like I have to be at work at 6:30 in the morning and I go to the gym now before work and they open at 4:30 so I'm there for hour and a half hour 40 minutes before work and I just don't feel I don't feel right anymore if I don't go and lift like that's kind of just like my happy place now and especially now that I started going before work it's almost like everyone's still sleeping so nobody's here to bother me i can go there i do my own thing i'm in my own zone i'm you know it's my it's my happy place i can kind of just be myself have my headphones in blasting music and doing my own thing you know no for sure and it's it's i i think that's an important thing like not every person's going to go through a weight loss journey and decide that you know lifting or in the gym is their place. Like there are some people that come through it and they they feel like they never need to do that, and that's okay. But it is this idea of finding something else to work towards that isn't the scale, because I think we spend so much time chasing the scale that when we kind of get to the place where we're done, you know, not done, but kind of done with needing to chase a number on the scale, 
you need something else to work towards. You need something else to put that focus and energy towards. Without a doubt, because I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, I've always gotten, before I had the surgery, I've gotten from the doctors, I've gotten from uh, my family, I've gotten from friends saying that they've done research and apparently three quarters of the people that get weight loss surgery gain all the weight back. And I just you saying that right now, you need to still work towards something. You just can't, you can't ease up at all you know it's it's really a big mindset game where it's not something that's going to be a shortcut for losing weight it's something that it's going to change your lifestyle it's a big lifestyle change that you need to come to realization with oh and those statistics are real you know i i, I think with every every form of weight loss there's recidivist statistics but i think on the i think the mental impact of having the surgery and putting the weight back on has to be devastating to someone to know that they took that measure, they used that tool, and then still found themselves back in that place they were at before. So I can understand even just knowing some of those things has to be a, a motivating factor for people to be like, I don't want to be someone that shows up as one of those numbers. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. And so what, Greg, what, with what you've been through, like, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned on this journey so far? Uh, biggest lessons, definitely, you know, food, food is not for comfort food. I've definitely learned that food is fuel. Um, especially because, you know, what I, something that I deal with now is that I burn like my metabolism is very quick. So I burn a lot of calories very quickly, very easily. So I've noticed that if I, and burning a lot of calories and I don't intake enough calories out of nowhere I'll start feeling lightheaded my hands will get clammy and cold um, I get very cold out of nowhere my hands start shaking so I've definitely like just because of that I've understood that food is fuel it's not there for comfort <laughs> Granted, of course, certain, you know, certain foods are comfort foods and whatnot, but the main goal is, is fuel for sure. And because one of the things you talked about was one of the factors that kind of brought you to being 400 pounds was this idea of kind of rebelling against what you were told, you know, like kind of going against those restrictions that were put on you. Like what role does, does that relationship with restriction play in your life now because you've got you know some restrictions that are there on purpose like how do you feel that, that you relate to those issues now you know I feel like it's at this point it's kind of like the restrictions that are in my life now I kind of do it to myself I do it to myself to be healthy to be happy um, it's not like I'm being told as, as per se, you know, so I'm kind of doing it to myself and it's, I know it's going to be for the, the good of myself. Granted, I'm also 28 now, you know, I'm not the, you know, the asshole teenage kid that I was. So, um, but yeah, it's, de it's definitely, you know, I definitely know now that, you know, of course my parents were, you know, they had the best interests for me. 
I see that now. And of course I've, I've went to them and I told them that we had the whole, the whole conversation that you were right. I was wrong, but yeah, it's, yeah. So it definitely had to happen. <laughs> oh, sure. And what, what do you think are the factors that are going to guarantee your success going forward? Like what will prevent you from becoming, you know, one of those statistics? Um, it's a good question. Um, the fact, I feel like the fact that I just, my whole life has just changed completely. Like the fact that I notice the major differences, the, that I have the energy to do things. I have a better quality of life. Um, the fact that right now, for instance, um, I'm in the middle of renovating my kitchen. I'm doing every single thing myself. You know, back then at 400 pounds, I wouldn't have the energy to do that. I wouldn't have the energy. I wouldn't have the drive, you know, little stuff like that. It's just, it, what it comes down to is the better quality of life, just being healthy and not overweight. I mean, shit, I was, I was getting out of breath, even, you know, walking upstairs. I was getting out of breath, drying myself off after a shower. Um, you know, little stuff like that, you know, you notice and just those little things that you don't have to deal with anymore is, is, I feel like is enough to really keep yourself motivated and keep you on your, you know, on, on track pretty much. I, I think that all make, that makes sense. And it also kind of speaks to the shift in perspective, like the, the fact that now you you're paying attention to those things. Like it's not just, you know, that you were, you had to wait till life sent you a signal, you know, sent you a sign that there needed to be changed. Now it's, you know, you're in this constant place of mindfulness. And so Greg, what, cause I've talked to a couple different guys on the show that, that have gone through, you know, bariatric surgery of, of various kinds and if there's someone out there listening who's considering it, like, what do you think are the things they need to think about uh, going into that experience? I would definitely think about, um, well, I would tell them to think about, are you ready for a lifestyle change? It's not, you know, it's not a shortcut, mm -hmm. not at all. Um, you need to be able to change your life completely and know that it's for the better because if you say to yourself that you know you're ready to change your life but you know like you're not thinking that it's for the better and you're just doing it just to know that you know some things are going to change i feel like you'll fail with that so you need to know you know the the good that's going to come out of this and you have to be able to understand that it's a tool you know, you have to put in the work. You have to. Because, uh, yes, I mean, granted, as soon as you get the surgery, you're going to eat less. You're going to lose weight. But eventually, your body will adapt to what you're eating. And even if you're just um, eating less, you're not going to go anywhere from that. You're eventually going to balance out. So you need to be 100% mentally prepared for this. And just know that, you know, you're going to get so much good so much good out of it because 
if this is, you know, something that you're you're thinking of, it's just uh, you obviously, if you're thinking about having bariatric surgery, you have a weight problem, and if you're not ready to change that weight problem, then I wouldn't do it. But because you need to be mentally prepared, so you really, if you're considering it, you know you have a weight problem. You know you want a better quality of life. So really, just just go for it. Get the get the information. You know, obviously have questions for the surgeon, for the nurse practitioners, and really just take it from there and definitely find out your own information and join, uh, like I joined, um, a community. It's a, it's everyone that's in it. It's just, it's a community and everyone's here to help each other. So everyone wants to see everyone succeed. So you just really need to understand that and be mentally prepared and just be ready for a better quality of life. If you're really serious about it. I think that's some solid advice, man. And coming back to you, you know, as we, we've, we've gone through your journey and I think you've shared some, some great experiences. Like what, what are the things that you're working on right now that are the, the goals that you're chasing? So the goals right now, it's, it's pretty much, I'm trying to, uh, it's not scale related at all at this point. It's, it's basically um, the fit of clothing. The you know I can I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be a hundred percent satisfied in what I'm looking at. Um, that's that's really what it comes down to is you want to be happy with yourself and you want to be able to live the way you want to live without any restrictions. And I definitely had a lot of restrictions with being overweight. Mm. And is there anything that you would want to talk, you know, you'd want the audience to hear that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet today, man? Um, yeah, I mean, with the whole overweight thing, it's not even like, yeah, I've, I've mentioned that I have a lot more energy and whatnot and, and a better quality of life. But, you know, what comes with that is, you know, better sleep, better medical, um, you know, better, your body is just in tune with itself. Like when I was overweight, I had horrible, absolutely horrible sleep apnea. And I had to go for a sleep study for one of my clearances for, to get the surgery. And it turns out like, this was a big thing for me too. It turns out I stopped breathing 142 times an hour in my sleep. And basically, what really was a big thing for me was that I was in such denial about having sleep apnea where I would, you know, take double doses of NyQuil. I would take sleeping pills and I would take, I would drink alcohol with the sleeping pills just to make myself sleep because I always felt tired. I was always waking up during the night, but when I finally realized what was happening when I went for that sleep study was that, you know, my body was waking me up to breathe again. So there was many times, there was many, many, many times where, you know, I could have easily 
died in my sleep because I was preventing my body from waking up to let me breathe again. So, you know, you need to, you need to listen to your body. If your, if your body's in pain, if your body is not getting enough sleep, if it's drained, you know, there's something wrong there. You need to definitely do something and fix that problem. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that's something that we, a, a lot of people ignore, you know, that, that wake you know, thinking you're getting eight hours of sleep and still waking up exhausted, you know, that right there, there's something going on. And it's, it's definitely something that for some people is genetic and for some people is severely influenced by weight. Like it just is a reality of it. What if Greg, if people out there do want to see, I told you the dogs were eventually going to start barking and now they're going crazy behind me for some reason. This happens every episode. Um, if if anyone out there wants to follow along with your journey, Greg, uh, where do they find you? They could definitely find me on uh, Instagram. That's pretty much where I post most of my, uh, you know, my my updated pictures and whatnot, before and afters. My uh, my Instagram username is uh, it's dumbbells underscore and underscore tattoos. I know it's very cliche. It's very you know, but. It it basically it very well represents me. Well, I mean, <laughs> Tons you of tattoos. I, I you, love the dumbbells. So. You're on. You're in New York, so you know you gotta. We gotta get some of that East Coast stereotype out there for you. Of course, of course. You know, like I think people would be disappointed if they, if they didn't get a little dose of that. So yeah, I will course. obviously put a, a link to that in the show notes today, man. I just really appreciate you coming on the show to share your story. One of the things I, this dog is, I'm going to throw something over the fence in a second if he doesn't quiet down. <laughs> Everyone out there is now probably annoyed. Um, he just goes insane. Um, I end every episode with five questions for every guest that I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? As ready as I'll ever be. Let's do it. That's all we can do, man. That's all I can ask for. Question number one, Greg, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Living or dead, favorite fat guy. Oh, um, I definitely have to say Ralphie May, the comedian. He was great. I know he's dead now, but he he is one funny guy. He was mm. great. There we go. I like getting a different answer than Chris Farley or John Candy. So I always appreciate when someone goes. I I used to. I liked Ralphie's work, okay. so I'm, I'm glad to hear someone bring him up. I appreciate that. Question number yeah. two, Greg. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson. Yeah. Um, geez, this is a good one. Um, definitely, you know what? Don't, don't give up at all. You know, it's... I, I was up there at first in weight and I lost a little bit and I went back up, you know, and now I'm down. I'm living my best life right now. I'm absolutely thriving. You know, it's, it's definitely don't give up on what you really want to achieve in life. That's an awesome lesson for everyone that is, doesn't just apply to weight, you know, applies to all facets of our lives, man. Yeah, 100%. Question number three. Greg, if someone out there listening does want to get their weight loss journey started today, what is one thing they can do right now to get started? So it really depends on what 
you want to to try to do um the the easiest you know the easiest thing is you know calorie count is definitely the easiest thing um that I feel like you can get you know my fitness pal is an app that I used a lot and it's just when it comes down to it is the easiest equation for lo- losing weight is burn more calories than you eat if you feel like eating a little extra at a certain time just make sure you're burning it off that's really what it comes down to i mean if you don't if you feel lazy that day and you don't want to really be that active then eat less you know count your calories because it definitely helps a lot question number four greg tell us what is something about yourself that you love something is about myself does it have to be weight loss related nope just something about yourself that you love so absolutely love my beard <laughs> did you just cut I, it uh, off whether it's short i did just cut it I off i was gonna I say did. i've seen that you know i've seen it so i unfortunately i did just cut it off you know when it was full it was it was great you know it's still good now it's still very full and whatnot but you know it was for i only i cut it off for a good reason it wasn't for you know any dumb reasons i actually i work outside for a living Mm -hmm. and i i was combing my i was combing my beard one day and my my comb got stuck so i thought it was like a knot in my beard so i pulled really hard and i i looked at the comb and there was like a fat tick stuck in my comb and I was like, nope, nope, I'm skeeved out. Like, Ooh. I need to cut this off, like, yeah. right now. Ooh. Yeah, so there was a good reason why I did that. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's but an acceptable reason. <laughs> yeah, so, but things, you know what? I've, I've also learned to love, it's going to sound really weird, but my calves also. <laughs> so, and it's funny, too, because... I always make the joke about it, like I have big calves. Like everyone says, like oh you like to other people, other guys in the gym, oh you skip leg day or whatever. But like my legs are like tree trunks, and I kind of like make a joke about it, saying yeah, no shit. Like I was living with four hundred pounds, carrying around mm-hmm. four hundred pounds on these legs. Of course they're big. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a reality. A lot, a lot you see a yeah. lot, of, a lot of big guys go through that. They lose the weight. And they see that size in their legs and people are like, how did you get that? You know, how did you get calves like that? And it's like, well, first, what you need to do is you need to weigh over 400 pounds and keep that weight for a solid (laughs) 10 years. (laughs) And you too will be able to have these results. I love it. There you go, man. (laughs) Question number five, last one of the day for you, Greg. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, one goal for me is uh, in the next year, you know, definitely job related. Um, job related, I want to get, you know, at least one, but I want to get a couple of promotions. I want to move up. I want to move up in my, you know, in my job, my career. Um, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, body wise and life wise, I'm, I'm pretty much on track and losing weight and you know, weight-wise and muscle-wise, I'm on track with the gym. So I wanna, I wanna keep progressing with my job. I wanna, I wanna keep moving up. I wanna get to that boss status. You know. Nice man. I think that's a solid, that's a solid goal to have to work on for this year and you know, many years going forward. But that sounds awesome. 
Greg, I want to say a big thank you thank for coming you, on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It was an absolute pleasure. And like I said, if anyone wants to reach out to Greg, I will have his Instagram handle in the show notes. If you want to talk to me, you can always find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, everyone out there, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people that I know. Then come on back and catch us on the next episode of... Oh, wait, I cut it off. On the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. There we go. Thank you.